And now, podcasting from a two-person hot tub high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK, Rick, and their highly paid intern, Malort. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown COVID-19 pandemic. Today is Monday, September 13th, 2021, and I have my good friend Pamela Dunley, the president and CEO of Elmhurst Memorial Hospital on the line. How are you, Pam? I'm great, and I'm looking at my window and looking at beautiful skies, and it's a beautiful fall day, but not quite cold yet, but the nights are cooler, so it's just been wonderful. So this is, uh, by my count, this is the last full week of summer, sometime in the middle of next week. Uh, we're into autumn, fall. Uh, I love that season, but I don't like what comes after it. I don't know about you. I know. I love the colors. I love the crispness. But then when winter comes, it's not so good. The last time we spoke, you had uh, Dr. Mazir on with you, and uh, we were a little uncertain about where this this pandemic was going, and in particular, the uh, the number of beds at the hospital that were taken by COVID patients. Can you give us an update on that? Yes, I'm happy to give an update, and I'm actually happy that we have fairly good news. So last time when we spoke, we had 24 patients that were positive with COVID, two of them on vents, and two patients awaiting results. As of today, we have seven patients who are positive with COVID, one on a vent, and one awa- and two awaiting results. We did have um, a little more deaths. So last time we had had 193 people total had passed at Elmhurst from COVID today, 197. So four additional people have passed from COVID. In DuPage County, last time there were 98,425, we're up to 102,000. And in DuPage County deaths um, went from 26, well, I don't have it, the county deaths last time, sorry. Uh, From the state, we had 1.5 million positive patients and now we have 1.5 million 700 positive patients. <laughs> State tests went from 26,335 to 26,845. And for the good news, we have had we had discharged COVID patients 1,941. We are up to 2,010 discharged COVID patients. Well, at least the numbers in uh, locally here at the hospital seem a lot better, don't they? They do, and we're lucky because we've had a lot of people in the county vaccinated, which I think helps us prevent hospitalizations. There may be people getting COVID, but they're not necessarily getting sick enough to be hospitalized. One of the the questions I had asked a lot over the last year was if there was any COVID testing available through EE Health without a doctor's order, and I know the answer was always no. Is that still the same? Do you need a doctor's order? to get tested through EE Health? Yes, at this time you still need a doctor's order. So if somebody doesn't doesn't want to go to the doctor and just wants to get a quick test, they should probably go to a pharmacy or something? Yeah, they can go to CVS. So I guess they have at-home tests now through Walmart. And have you heard much about the, the reliability of those tests? I haven't, but what I have heard is that people who are positive have turned out positive, so I'm assuming they're fairly reliable. Well, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is a monoclonal antibody treatment. And I see that President Biden's administration has said that they're going to make it a 
a priority to increase the availability of that for hospitals uh, in order to treat COVID patients. So my question relates to your supplies. Have you had any trouble getting uh, as much of that as you need? Uh, no, we haven't had any trouble. We continue to provide this treatment at our immediate cares and in our emergency departments for those who qualify. And patients can also have an order placed by their primary care physician to get to get it. But we've had no issues with supplies, and we have found it quite successful. And uh, as it relates to folks that have had the disease already, you know, there's a lot of talk about those people being resistant to getting vaccinated. They don't want to get vaccinated. They said, I've had it already, and some of them are required to get vaccinated. Does it appear that having the antibodies from the actual disease protects you better than the vaccinations? Well, actually, um, studies have shown that someone who's fully vaccinated has less of a duration of the illness or more mild illness, and it's recommended that you receive a vaccination even if you've recovered from COVID, and, and why would that be? It's really because you may have had the, a different variant, and so um, by getting the vaccination, you actually are even better covered than someone who never had the disease and got the vaccination. So it's kind of a, a double incentive um, so that for the Delta variant and any other variant that comes along, you have a higher ability to fight off the disease. So the vaccine will provide protections with variants um, for anybody who is 100% vaccinated but it doesn't mean you won't get the disease, but you will most likely, if you do get the disease, you will most likely have a mild form of the disease and not require hospitalization or intubation. So it really is a good idea to get vaccinated even if you had the disease a year ago or 10 months ago then? Correct. A, a lot of us are hearing stories about these breakthrough infections. And uh, I, I know personally of some college students, uh, might be related to me, might not, um, that are in an apartment with with four other college students, so five in an apartment. Everybody in the apartment's vaccinated, and um, at least one of the people in the apartment had Johnson and Johnson. At least one had Moderna, and at least one had Pfizer. Um, and the four uh, students that were, had not had the disease before uh, all came down with the disease a couple of weeks ago. And the only one who didn't come down with the disease is the one who had the disease back in January. So my question is, Is are these vaccines really effective at preventing you from getting the virus at all like was claimed? Or are they only good at helping the severity of the uh, symptoms? No, the, um, they are good at helping prevent and also at decreasing the severity. No, no vaccine is 100% successful, and as we have seen, because of the change in the variants, it has become less um, successful in preventing, but it still helps prevent you getting sicker. The person who had had the uh, disease, did they also have a vaccination? Yes. That shows what I just said, where, where if you've had the disease and you've had the vaccination, you're even more protected. Um, so... Interesting. And do you think the Delta variant might be responsible for a lot of the infections, even though they're not testing for it? Absolutely, because what we found is when they have been testing for the Delta variant, it's at 99% of our cases these days. Wow. Are there any new variants that you're aware of that are really starting to take hold? 
other than the Delta? Yes, there are two new variants. Um, one's called Mu, M-U, and the other is called Lambda, which is L-A-M-B-D-A. Um, so right now, the Delta variant is 99% of the new cases in the U.S. Um, and 88% of the COVID cases globally. The Lambda and the Mu emerged in South America, and the Lambda emerged in Peru, and it was 92% of the cases there, but somehow it never went anywhere else, so it's decreased the Lambda. The Mu was identified in Colombia in January and February of 2021, and the Mu has since spread to nearly 50 countries, including the U.S., and it, but it only represents about 0.1% of the cases in the United States, and recently, Mu has been classified by the WHO as a variant of interest and concern, and that was announced in August 3rd of 21. So they're watching that one more closely, worried that that one might spread more. Sounds like uh, poor Greek people were using their Greek letters to name these nasty <laughs> variants. <laughs> I feel for them. Yes. Well, that's good that some of them aren't spreading uh, here. Um, now we got to get this uh, this Delta variant nipped. Um Last time we spoke and Dr. Mazir was on, I asked about uh, the hospital's knowledge of who and when will be eligible for the booster shots. So do you know much more about booster shots than, than you did several weeks ago and when people will be eligible and who might be eligible? Um, well, there, nothing's come out yet. So currently it's still only the immunocompromised patients who are eligible. We do think that in the next few weeks there will be some announcement, but you never know. Yeah, that's the one question people get. And I think, you know, the, the folks that are already vaccinated, they're, they're willing to get that booster whenever they can. So, uh, um, that's a question I get a lot. And another question I get a lot is when will the, the flu shots be ready for this upcoming flu season and when, and if they're ready already, should you get them right away or should you wait a few weeks and until we're closer to the, to winter? Well, they're recommending, the CDC is recommending that you get the flu shot as soon as it's available and they should be getting available sometime in September. So we should be hearing soon. Okay. So a lot of uh, hospital employees had not been vaccinated um, when I say a lot, the majority were, but there were quite a few that still weren't. And a few weeks ago, you mentioned that um, even before the president said that healthcare workers need to get vaccinated, that the hospital policy was they do need to get vaccinated. And there was some a timetable in there by which they had to do that. Can you give me an, an update on that and what percentage of maybe the employees are vaccinated and maybe what percentage are now partially vaccinated? Um, right now, we have gone up. So we were at 70, about 70, 71% before we were stuck there. We're now almost to 73%. So we are moving up. The date that it has to be completed by is the end, is at the end of October. So there's still time. And we also believe that some of our employees may have been vaccinated somewhere else and not gotten us the information. Because we, it was not mandated, it was confidential, so we didn't know who and who, who was or wasn't before um, in terms of being able to track people down. So now that it's, going to, it's mandated, we'll be able to ask people if they got vaccinated somewhere else and if they can bring it in. So we're hoping it's even higher than 
um, that close to 73%. So we're expecting that it's going to continue to go up. And they, we will have people not vaccinated, but they will be people who fit our exemption criteria. And there are exemptions for medical conditions, and there are exemptions for religious beliefs. So it will never be at 100%. So the last time we spoke, uh, I had asked you about uh, rumors of talks between EE Health and North Shore University Health System regarding a merger. And since we talked last, it's publicly been announced that uh, those two systems do plan to merge subject to regulatory approval. So my question to you is why is North Shore the right partner for EE Health? Well, we're very excited about this announcement, and that's because we have been talking to people for a long time. It's, um, you know, it, it's important that if you merge with somebody, and there's no financial reason for either one of our organizations to merge together, but we do believe that if somebody has the same philosophy as us and can offer um, each other more support to be a stronger organization. We don't want to be too big where, where we lose our connection to our community. But we believe North Shore is the right partner because they are a community-focused organization as well. They're made up of all community hospitals um, on the North Shore primarily. Um, and they believe in making sure that you're available for your community. They're very physician-friendly. And um, and we think together we will even be stronger for the Chicagoland area. My recollection, correct me if I'm wrong, that the magnet certification that Elmhurst Hospital received, or it's a recertification, I believe, recently, and I think Edward did as well, is basically uh, a measure of the nursing practice within the hospital um, and the quality of that practice. So my question is, is North Shore a magnet-approved certified hospital uh, system as well? Absolutely. What, what's really exciting is as an organization, every single one of our acute care hospitals, which will be eight acute care hospitals and one psychiatric facility, every one of the acute care hospitals will, is magnet certified. And so the quality of nursing and the standards for nursing are the highest in the, you know, in the country. And it's interesting because the Chicagoland area has a lot of hospitals that are magnet certified. But if you look across the country, there's not very many hospitals that are magnet certified. So we're very blessed in this area to have such high quality nurses and nursing environments for the nurses to work in. So we're excited that we will be a full system that's totally magnet. So you said there's um, there will be eight acute care hospitals and then the mental health care hospital that's uh, Linden Oaks. So that would be, you know, three hospitals from EE Health and six from North Shore uh, University Health. Are they about twice the size or even a little larger than EE Health currently? They are a little larger, but it's kind of interesting. So um, North Shore originally was four hospitals. They were Evanston, Glenbrook, Highland Park, and Skokie. And those are all really close together in the city Um well, north side of the city. And and so they operate almost like one hospital system. One of their hospitals is completely orthopedic hospital. Um, they have centers of excellence for orthopedics and cardiology and neuroscience and oncology. And then they just recently added two new hospitals, which makes them larger. And that is uh, Swedish Covenant in the city. And 
and that was added in 2019. And then last December in 2020, they added Northwest Community uh, Hospital. And so those two hospitals still operate pretty um, independently with independent medical staffs and independent um, foundations at both of those hospitals. Well, based on where those hospitals are located geographically, it seems like the two systems uh, service areas don't really overlap. They almost seem like they complement each other. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. When you put on a map little blue dots for all of North Shore and little orange dots for all of Edward Elmhurst, we just come close to each other. We don't overlap at all, which is nice. It was kind of like Edward and Elmhurst when we came together. We had the same thing. We covered two different areas, but we butt up against each other, so it makes it nice, long, continuous service. Does either system have any medical specialties that the other system doesn't have? Well, not particularly medical specialties, but um, North Shore does have an affiliation with the University of Chicago School of Med- Pritzker School of Medicine. So they do provide uh, a teaching environment for the uh, medical physicians, so residents and, and fellows over there, which is something we don't have here. And they have do a lot more research because of that affiliation. And they do a little more in terms of genomics and personalized medicine or, or customized medicine to your 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 um, DNA background. So that will be something new that we'll be able to um, access from them. I, I don't know if they have bariatric surgery like we do, but I'm assuming they do. But everything else is pretty similar. We've done a lot of high-end stuff here, so I think we'll just be matching in terms of across the ser- service area, both having high-quality programs. Well, what you just said explains why the word university is in the name of the healthcare system. I was curious, and uh, obviously there's some some uh, education and research uh, there that I didn't realize. So can you tell me, do you know at this point who the CEO of the new healthcare system will be? And then will folks like you that are individual hospital presidents remain in place? So yes, um, the System CEO will be J.P. Gallagher, who is the president of North Shore. He will be over the new organization that's forming through our merger. And then Lou Mastro will stay as the CEO of the Elmhurst, Edward Elmhurst uh, Division, which is our three hospitals. Um, and then the presidents will report, um, as they always have, to their respective leaders of their area. So I will remain as the president of Elmhurst. You're not getting rid of me. I will be Great. here, and you will have Lou here as well. Um, do you think there'll be some support functions that are consolidated after the merger? I would expect so, but it doesn't mean we won't need all the people we have. It'll just be that we'll be more consistent in the way we provide it. So, you know, trying to get on similar systems to support the different support functions. Um, But I I don't anticipate there's going to not be the need for all the individuals that we have. It's hard enough to staff all the places as is, and so we're going to need everybody. So I know Elmhurst Hospital was a little different in Edward in that they followed the the plain tree method of care for their patients and patients' families. Do you think that will continue under the new umbrella? Absolutely. We believe in um, 
in making sure that we demystify the healthcare experience for patients, that the families are involved in care, that it's patient-directed care. And actually, Edward is very, very similar to us. They just have never gone for the plain tree designation. Um, so who knows? Maybe it's going to leak out through the whole system and everybody will go through the, for the plain tree designation. And it might be too early to ask this question, but uh, does it appear that there will be any continued representation from our community on the board at the healthcare system that that remains? There is going to be um, an equal number of board members from each organization on the new board. So uh, from Edward Elmhurst, there will be three current representatives on the new board and the same from, uh, from North Shore. And then there'll be one from each of the other added hospitals, Northwest Community and um, Swedish Covenant. And then one last question related to the merger, and it has to do with, you know, how the hospital raises funds and through the Elmhurst Memorial Hospital Foundation, will that remain in place? And then what will they do with funds raised in our community? Will that be distributed among the whole system? Okay. No. The foundations in each for each hospital, whether it's um, the Nor the Legacy North Shore, they have their own foundation. The Swedish Covenant, Northwest Community, Elmhurst, and Edward. These foundations are local. They're to the community. They're about the community, and so those foundations will all remain separate with their own separate boards. Anything raised from those foundations stays in that community, and that's a commitment we made in the agreement. That's a commitment they made with, with both Northwest Community and Swedish, and that would be um, continued going forward. The, when people give to a particular hospital, they want to make sure that money is, stays within that hospital system. You know, right here at Elmhurst, anything raised from our foundation goes to better the people who come to Elmhurst Hospital or any of Elmhurst off-site locations. And so that will continue going forward. Well, that's great to hear. And then the, the one last thing I want to ask you about is something you mentioned a few weeks back, and that was that you were having some difficulty with um, people coming into the hospital having problems with the masking rules and, and the screening process. Is that going any better? Well... I think it's a really rough time for everybody, and people's tempers are kind of short. So it's not just masking rules and not just visiting rules, but it's just treating people with kindness. I, it's, it's really uh, difficult, and I think when I, I meet with the staff, I met with our emergency department staff recently, and, and they said they have never seen visitors more hostile and angry, patients hostile and angry, and it's really hard when you're trying to provide care and people are treating you so poorly and you're already burned out and tired and having a rough time. So I, I would ask, I know the community of Elmhurst is um, doing a, you know, a, a program trying to be kind to people. I would say, I would ask that you use that while you're here um, it is just a hard time, and I understand why people are feeling short-tempered, but if, you, if you're nice, that'll help somebody else's day be better, and then your day will get better. So please be kind. And the healthcare workers have not, uh, not been working from their homes for the last year and a half, as, as many of the rest of uh, society has been. So uh, they really need to realize the stress these folks have been under and uh, 
I think the the program you were uh, referring to from the city of Elmhurst was "It's Cool to Be Kind." Um, a takeoff on the the song "It's Cruel to Be Kind" from the from the <laughs> late seventies or early eighties by Nick Lowe. So, well, thank you, Pam, for your time today, and I uh, I echo your uh, sentiments that uh, people people need to be a little bit more patient and uh, understand that these are tough times we're in. And as tough as it is, uh, be kind to your neighbor. Absolutely. And and thank you so much for spreading that message. It's really important. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your uh, week. You too. Take care. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world at nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right, nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.